Help I Got a Mac podcast episode number 54. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help, I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Biting. And we are here uh, today, just a couple days after the Thanksgiving four-day, actually, it's just one day, after the four-day Thanksgiving Day holiday here in the United States. And I don't know about you, Chris, but I'll tell you what, I just feel like I'm not myself today. Me either, man. I am completely under the weather. I am not feeling awesome today. Not feeling awesome today, and I am not feeling under the weather. However, my wife is feeling is is not feeling too well. She has uh, an upper respiratory, um, uh, I guess, an upper respiratory infection or whatever. So she's not been feeling too good. And I tell you, just coming off of this four day weekend, getting back into work, uh, being faced with a, a mound of email. It's not always fun, so uh, just bear with us as as today we have absolutely no show notes in front of us whatsoever. Yes. <laughs> We're going to wing it. We, the, the, the title of today's episode or this week's episode is winging it and we were saying in the pre-show if we can pull this one off if we can bring at least 40 minutes worth of content to this episode without just rambling on about how much we don't have content then we can do just about anything so what do you say we give it a shot let's do it all right man so the first thing i want to bring up as uh, we go into this non having anything to talk about is the topic of the iphone tethering i know we've talked about this quite a bit in the past however i want to <laughs> I, i'm looking at the chef mark or chat room and chef mark says cliff can bs about anything for 40 minutes <laughs> so anyway, um, we were we've been talking about this iPhone tethering, and I just got back from the Smoky Mountains with my parents. Uh, they bought a beautiful home down there as a kind of a, a vacation home, but something they hope to retire in uh, very soon. Uh, I think within the next several couple of years here. Anyway, um, we went down there. It's a, it's down on a lake called Lake Douglas. And I will tell you, it was beautiful, it was awesome, and it was very peaceful because it's way out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, from the closest main highway, you're talking another 25 minutes before you even get to their place. And wow. it is it is just a beautiful location. And it was probably the most, the farthest removed from civilization that I can imagine. Uh, the only I was quite shocked to find out that they had electricity ran to the house. It, it was that far away. But uh, as far as the amenities go, you have electricity and you have a telephone line. And that's pretty much it. I mean, they have to pipe in. You have to truck in and gas. They don't even do trash pickup this far out. So, oh, really? So, yeah, you have to actually pack up all your trash and take it to some dumpsters in town which is kind of odd. But anyway, the one thing that was peaceful about this whole this whole weekend for me was it had I had the opportunity to be without high-speed internet access for a full 4 days. Oh wow. And those who know me know that I pretty much live off of high-speed internet access. I mean, I went stir crazy one day when my internet access was gone because Cincinnati Bell was down and I helped keep that from ever happening again by having both cable and DSL run to the house so that I can always continue to compute. But here at the lake, there was no option for anything. I mean, the their only option would have been that direct TV satellite internet connection and really not worth it for them to pay you paying, you know, $200 a month or whatever that stupid thing costs uh, for just you know a random weekend here and there, so no internet connectivity whatsoever. However, Chris, however, I did have an edge connection on my iPhone. Ah, really? I had an edge connection on my iPhone the entire weekend. So how was it? Well, let's just put it this way: as far as checking, the, well, 
first of all, I, d- I had my original iPhone back in May, the, the first gen iPhone with an edge connection back in May when we went down to the Smoky Mountains in the past, uh, back earlier this year. Now, we were pretty far up into the mountains and, and pretty secluded then, but there was occasionally a spot where we had an, an edge connection. Now, as far as checking email, Edge connection is perfectly fine. I mean, it, it it's pretty rock solid. You can send and receive emails. What's really cool is you can, you know, you can compose your emails while you don't have an edge connection. And back in May, I had to actually go out in the in the driveway and and kind of randomly walk around until I finally I had an edge connection. And then I would hit sync my email and it would work. But even yeah. when I had a solid edge connection, opening up like you know ping.fm, uh, which is a service that is a web-enabled, you know, Safari-based application for the iPhone. Even with Wi-Fi connection, it sometimes takes as much as 5 to 10 seconds for that page to load. And it's just impossible to load anything, hardly at all, on an edge connection out in the middle of nowhere. And I will tell you, it was a world of difference using Edge on my iPhone with applications versus web applications. Oh, really? Yeah. I would assume that the actual native applications would be faster. Yes, absolutely. So basically, I was using this application called Tweety, which is my favorite uh, tweeting application I mentioned in the last episode. And it loads up perfectly, I mean, fine. And it just the only thing it has to go out to Edge for is simply the data that it pulls into the application of the, you know, the RSS status um, updates from all my friends. And so I go in there and and it opens it up and it loads it relatively quickly. It's all pretty much short character text and everything. But when I go to post a message, it also just pushes it right out there over the edge. But it wasn't really that good of an experience back in May when I was trying to do Twitter via the mobile Twitter application in uh, web application in Safari. So I will say that having the iPhone... Uh, having these native applications where it doesn't have to load background mm-hmm. images and all that other stuff and coding and functionality, it it, it it was a much more enjoyable edge experience. Oh yeah, and that's that's one of the reasons you know when when you know the app store came out and all that stuff. I, it, it wasn't a huge deal that you know I didn't have three G. That to me, when you're loading you know like a, a Twitter application or or something like that, it seems to run just fine. It really does. Even um, you know, like an IM application. I'm using uh, a BeeJive for IM, and it works just fine. Now, BeeJive is that's the web, that's the web based one, right? Uh, no, no, no. It's an actual application. Oh, BeeJive has an app because it was a BeeJive. Were they one of the first IM applications, or were they a web a web based? It was a web one for a while. Now they have a native oh. app. Okay, so why are you using uh, BeeJive? Tell me what, what you like about it versus some of the others. Oh, it, it just seems to run real well. I was having issues with Fring. Like, it looked like people were signed on when they weren't. Okay. So I, I was trying BeeJive, and it, it seems to work just fine. It's oh. a little pricey. Oh, okay, so you had to pay for it. Yeah. How much was it? Like 15 bucks. Really? Yeah. Now, why, why didn't you like Palringo? Is, have you tried Palringo? Yeah, I didn't like it either. I, I had Palringo for a while, and uh, it just—I just didn't like it either. It seemed kind of thick. Yeah, yeah. It's, so this seems really fast. Now, did you have an opportunity to test it out before you paid the fifteen bucks? Is there like a a light version or anything? Uh. Uh-uh. So how did how did you know that it was okay to spend fifteen bucks on a an instant messaging application? Um, I I, I just I just knew. Okay, very cool. All right, I'll drop it. Okay. <laughs> I just I, for me, I'm just like, wow. So so now that you have it, would you suggest that it's worth 15 bucks to other people? No. <laughs> it's a it it's a $6 application of that. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. That that's what I wanted to get down to it. Uh so it, oh, okay. Yeah, no, it I, I'm just wondering: is this something that that Cliff should go out and you know think about saving up some hard earned fifteen dollars worth of cash to put down on an application? Isn't no. it weird in the iTunes App Store that spending cash there doesn't feel like you're spending cash as you would other places? 
Yeah, it's 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 like going to the casino. It's like uh, fake money. That's what it feels like. It, I mean, it yeah. it totally just feels like it's not real money. I mean, you, it, I could see somebody spending, you know, a dollar ninety nine application here, dollar ninety nine here, two dollars and ninety nine cents here. When if you were anywhere else and and you were going in adding things into a shopping cart and then at the end of your shopping experience you click it's like okay verify the contents of the cart okay here's your total you know free shipping and you know no tax well it's like when the application it's not the application store but when the iTunes Music Store first opened oh my gosh the first night I think I spent almost two hundred dollars because it was you know the one touch shopping you just oh I want that song and I want that song and I want that song and it just kept downloading and downloading and downloading and you know by the end of it I get my bill and it was like two hundred bucks the first night I'm like okay I need to switch over to the cart wow you you really spent about that much on the on the iPhone store no 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 the iTunes store and it first came out like oh, back in yes 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 two whatever before I was married. Uh, oh well, there you go. Okay, <laughs> and, I could and, totally... and lack responsibility, or or uh, you know, before I had my 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 wife to to hit me over the head with a frying pan if I did something stupid like that. Gotcha. Well, it's a good thing you're married now, and you'll quit s- senselessly uh, spending all that cash. Exactly. That's one of the things I actually enjoy about the app store is when you go in and you purchase. If you haven't purchased, I don't know how long it is that it that it waits before it asks you to re-verify, but it asks you to enter your password to confirm your purchase. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I, I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Internet that password, yeah. yeah. For the music, it's just, come on, download it, woohoo. Oh, they don't do it on the on the music? At least, last time I bought music from the, from the iTunes store, it doesn't. It's just, if you have one touch set up, it's just, oh, it, yeah. it is, is what it is. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd take that one touch right on off of there. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, so, so basically, we were talking about this edge and and the fact that you know having my iPhone really was awesome. And and the what I want to do is I want to break down just uh, the the experience of still remaining connected to the outside world, but yet having the and both having the ability to connect even more deeply or the opportunity to escape from it all without you know, really being fully plugged in. So let me let me tell you, the first night we got down there, uh, or actually after the first full day, I didn't immediately hook it up that night. Or wait, maybe I did. You know what? Come to think of it, I did. The very first night after we drove all the way down there, the kids were in bed, I pulled out my MacBook, and I pulled up my NetShare application, which, remember, was available in the App Store for a brief period of time. And I told everybody, go out and buy this before it's too late. And uh, so I had the NetShare application, which allows me to tether my iPhone's internet access with my MacBook. And, um, you know, I've, I've used this on more than one occasion with my 3G connection. But this was the first time I actually tethered my iPhone to my MacBook using the Edge connection that was available. And I had a... So pro- how was... I want to tell you, it was, it was just as good, if not slightly better, than a dial-up internet connection. Slightly, huh. sli- slightly better than a dial-up connection, and uh, you know, the the thing is, is is tethering the iPhone is is quite the hassle. I mean, to get this thing to set up just right, it is quite a hassle. It has to go through a proxy and stuff like that. I've never been able to figure out how to get Firefox to work with it, and some of the other applications that that don't natively uh, use this thing called a Sox proxy. I think it's called. But anyway, Safari uses this proxy by default or whatever. It reads the settings inside of of the uh, networking app, you know, settings. And so I was able to use Safari to browse just like I normally do when I'm tethered to my iPhone. And I was able to load up and check my email using the full Gmail um, web application, which is awesome on my MacBook. That's how I usually, you know, interact with my email anyway. I was able to browse the gspn.tv forums. I was able to, you know, go in and look at Google documents with no problem. I mean, sure this the load time was slow, 
But at the same time, I still had a relatively full internet experience, minus internet, you know, instant messaging applications not working, and minus the fact that I was not able to use my Firefox browser. But the fact that I still was able to browse some websites made it, you know, made me feel it's like wow, I'm still fully connected. I could, yeah. I, I literally could go to a web web enabled, you know, upload client, and I could have uploaded an MP, you know, a 15 or 20 meg mp3 file you know within about three hours but i still could have uploaded (laughs) it if i wanted to using that edge edge connection so it was nice to have that so did it feel like you were on like dial-up it did it it felt like i was on it made me it reminded me of the old dial-up days but like i said it was the edge connection tethered to my iphone was still faster than what i would consider dial-up to be Oh, that's cool. So, so here's the deal, though. Like I said, to get even though you've just recently been connected, if you come back the next day, you still have to to wiggle a couple things around in software to get that thing to tether back to the to the MacBook. If you've you know shut your MacBook off and t- closed the application and everything, so the next couple days I didn't even bother with it. It's like you know what, it's just too much work, and 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 I really don't need to be. I'm on vacation, by golly. And and that's where the iPhone really shined because, you know, the the one thing that made me not want to have or d- took away that desire for me to tether my phone to my, my MacBook was the fact that I was still consistently connected to two things that I must have. Number one, I was connected to Twitter via Tweety and I was connected via email using the email application that's built into the iPhone. And with those two things, I was as connected as I wanted to be with everybody. That's cool. Now, the only thing I didn't do as much while I was down there is I didn't use the service ping.fm. And uh, ping.fm allows me to put out like a Twitter message, you know, hey, this is what I'm doing or hey, this is what we're getting ready to go do. Uh, and the nice thing about ping is it would ping, it would put that message not only on Twitter but Facebook and Plurk and all those other places where I can put updates and stuff. Uh, but the the problem is is that they don't have an a native application for ping, and so every time on Edge you go and you load up Safari and load up the ping.fm site on Edge, it can take anywhere between thirty to forty five seconds for that that page to load before you can type in your forty you know, uh, 140 character message. And it's like, that's just too painfully slow. And so they need to get off their rear end and do a, a ping.fm uh, web or native application for the iPhone. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, having, having a good edge connection and access to Twitter and email, I still felt connected. And at the same time, I got to really relax and not be bothered with the desire to do, you know, to update my, my spreadsheets and everything like that with all the new information that comes in via email and all that stuff. It's like, you know what? That stuff can wait till I get home. Oh yeah. But now I'm at home and now I have all (laughs) that stuff to do. There you go. (laughs) And I find myself, I don't know about you, but I, I, I don't find myself responding to very much email when I'm on my iPhone. Do you? I do. Yeah. Do you really? Yep. See, I, I, I like to type, long messages i i don't know what it is i i like to you know my emails are generally very short you see if they (laughs) if mine were short it'd be cool but i had like i had uh an ebay customer you know i have an ebay store for my podcast equipment that i sell and i had a thing from ebay it says somebody has asked you a question about your you know one of the items you have for sale in your ebay store and it was a really short question it was like hey i'm thinking of doing a live radio style talk a call-in talk show and i see that you have the broadcast host will that work with you know will that allow me to bring in multiple calls or use a multiple line phone system and of course my answer is not too long but it was long enough to say you know what i am not going to try to answer this with this goofy little software keypad on my iphone <laughs> i'm pretty fast with it so it, I, I i can type a couple paragraphs with little or no problem. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I, I'm probably going to need to get in there and start typing on it more. Uh, but you know, I, I just find myself it's like, you know what? That's one that when I get home, I will pull that right up and whip out the keyboard and start typing. 
for me, I, I type huge. I mean, I sometimes I think I would type anywhere between 80 to 90 words per minute. So there's just no way I can get anywhere near that on this iPhone. So yep. anyway, <laughs> my, I, I think we've, I think we've taught this to death. Yeah, I think so. So, uh, anything new going on in your world as far as the iPhone or anything new Apple related, anything going on in the Apple world? I got tonight, actually, uh, I got the Nike plus iPod kit. And, uh, why did you get that? And, and how's I that working? <laughs> I just, I, I just got it tonight. So I'll let you know tomorrow. Um, I got it because, uh, um, I want to get healthy. Okay. And I figured, uh, I can combine technology with it and, uh, it'll make it more interesting to me. Very cool. So, so I've logged in and I've created an account and you're going to issue challenges. So I issued challenges to a couple of buddies of mine who have these kits and, uh, we'll see what happens. But what, what, what it does, you put it, if you have a Nike plus sh- uh, enabled shoe, uh, you put the sensor inside your shoe. Or uh, if you're like me, I don't. Ha- I have running shoes, but I don't have the the Nike Plus shoes. So I bought a little pouch that clips uh, onto the top of my shoe, and it works just as well. And um, what it does is it tracks your distance and calories and all sorts of you know your calories based on your distance and time and stuff like that and your weight and everything. So and it keeps a when you plug your iPod Nano into or your iPod Touch second gen into the MacBook Pro or your Mac, it'll it'll send that data that it's collected, you know, how many miles you ran and whatnot to it, and then it'll upload it to your Nike Plus profile. And then other people can check it out, and once you reach a certain milestone, you get little trophies and uh, rewards and T-shirts and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. It's, it's kind of uh, social media uh, meets exercise meets uh, technology. Now, once you get this, is there any monthly fee for any of that stuff that's online? No, not at all. That's cool. That's cool. When you're, yeah, when you re- when you reach like 500 miles and one or, or 1,000 miles, uh, you contact Nike and they can send you like they, you you can buy a shirt for like five bucks or something. Right. You know, that you're a thousand mile runner. You know, I, I doubt I'll reach a thousand miles, but hey, you know, one can dream, right? Right. So <laughs> so let me ask you a couple questions about this Nike thing. Uh, first of sure. all, um, do, is this an application that has to be running on the iPhone? It's on the Nano or the iPod Touch, and it's already built into uh, both of them. Okay, so it's not th- on, this isn't available in the iPhone. No. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just the Nano or the uh, the, or the iPod, iPod Touch. That's weird. I didn't know that. And the, yeah, and the way it works on a Nano, you you plug a little little Bluetooth uh, sensor thing into the bottom of it. Kind of looks like they just like cut all the wires off of the uh the uh dock connector on a on a USB cable yep. and you plug it into the bottom of your nano and all of a sudden this new menu appears that says uh app, Apple plus Nike. Okay. And or iPod plus Nike, something like that, Nike plus iPod. And uh, it's got a whole new menu system and it's got a voiceover that, you know, will tell you every 5 minutes, you know, how far you've gone and all that kind of stuff. So it's pretty cool. That is cool. That is cool. So uh, and and of course that just continues to track everything even out while you're playing music and switching back and forth and stuff so it kind of runs in the background of everything it does yeah so you can listen to podcasts and all that stuff and what's cool is you can do something called a power song so if you're like in your last you know quarter of a mile you know and you've got your like last few minutes like for me it'd be like the last 20 minutes or something i'm i'm slow and, and heavy uh but you know like like in your like the last stretch you can press the center button and hold it and all of a sudden your power song plays you know so you hear like journey or whatever you decided your power song to be and then i'll push you to the last few moments of your of your workout so it's pretty cool that does sound cool i'm not sure what my power song is going to be probably uh eye of the tiger (laughs) (laughs) emily's snuck some stuff onto our playlists so i I might choose one of her songs (laughs) that is cool Chef. There you go. Don't stop believing. <laughs> Chef Mark. All right. So that that's cool. Now, you haven't had a chance to actually use the unit itself yet. So you, no, you, I'm going to do that tomorrow night. Okay. So I, I'd be interested to know if it tracks number of steps kind of like a, in a pedometer fashion. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll have a full report next week. 
Very, very cool. Now, last week you said that with the upgrade to the most most recent, uh, uh, I guess, was it Apple TV firmware that they actually broke Boxy? Uh, did, yes. Did, did they did Boxy get that update updated, and are they back in business again? Yes. Very cool. They have. I haven't updated my Apple TV because I don't know if I can ha- hack it and put the uh, USB hard drive on the back of it still, so I'm still at... Uh, 3.2, 2.2, 2.2. But you're not missing any real functionality of your Apple TV that they've released, right? Uh, no, no, I, I haven't. I haven't tried to rent a movie on the Apple TV since the update, so I don't know if that's if that's affected it. I, I'm willing to bet it has. So, gotcha. I'll probably update here in a, in a day or two. Sounds good. So let's see. World of tech. Anything else in an Apple news before we move on to any of the stuff that we have here related to um, the feedback that we've got? Mm. No. Nope. I'll tell you what. I've got a new sound effects for us here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. I should have been better prepared. I'm I'm just not feeling real good. And no, it happens. You know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go to our gspn.tv forums and see if there's anything there. Um, I did real. I, I I was there earlier and I saw something about DVDs and region coding. Uh, okay. Someone was asking about, and I think it was Winnie who was asking about it. Okay. And uh, she says, I collect DVDs, and I have both Region 1 and Region 2 DVDs, even a Region 4 one. I used to be able to watch the DVDs with a program called BLC with no regards to the region. This worked up until two weeks ago, and then it stopped. I'm now wondering what I should do. Are there any other programs that will decrypt DVDs when it's not set to that region, or should I buy an external DVD drive and set the region different to my internal drive? And this is a problem, and... It makes me so mad that that they did this. When you buy a DVD in the States, typically it's going to be coded as Region 1. And what Region 1 means is that you can only play it on a DVD player that supports Region 1 playback. Some devices can play back anything, and those those pretty much have what's called a Region 0, which are an open region format. And... When you first put in a disc into your Mac, it's going to say, hey, this is for Region 1 and set it. If you plug into anything else, Region 2, Region 4, you know, I think Region 2 maybe Europe, 4 maybe like Jap- Japanese or something, it's going to say, hey, do you want me to change this to Region 4 or Region 2? It's only going to do it like five times and it's going gonna, it's gonna to set that in stone. And there's really no way to change that because it changes it in the firmware, I think. Um, playing other regions, I'm looking... On the Mac, you play, play, play those crickets. <laughs> oh yeah, what happened? I wonder what happened that she could do it for so long, and then all of a sudden it just quit working. I don't know. I, I mean, I wonder if there was an upgrade to VLC. Uh, let me let me just look this up real quick on Google. I'm going to do VLC region uh, not playing. Let's see how to make. Uh, let's see how to make DVD player region free. Mm-hmm. Let's see what this says. Uh, I travel a lot, rent DVDs in Europe and in the States, so I'm running out of region changes on my DVD player and getting very worried about this. How can I make my DVD player region-free without risking any other hardware, software part of my Mac? Ah, or- okay. Okay, go ahead. Um, I think there's a program called Region X. Okay. And if do a search on... Um, Softpedia, uh, mac.softpedia.com. You're gonna find this program. I can't. I can't. I'm just saying it's available. I don't know how good it's gonna work if it will work at all. But it's called Region X. Yep. It says Region X will allow you to change the region on Apple DVD player uh, it, that it is set to uh, when. Let's see when and only when you play a movie from a region-free DVD drive. Hmm. Uh-huh. You will. Also, be able to modify the left change or left changes count. That is, you will be able to change the region as often as you want. Compatible with Front Row and Apple's DVD player. Download now. 
I don't I don't understand this when and only when you play a movie from a region free DVD drive. I think because you have so many before it's burned into the drive that it's you know a region one or a region two. So if you've never done this, if you've never stuck anything other than a region one disc into your Mac, I think you're gonna be fine if you if you pop in this region X and then run it because what it'll do is it'll change the OS X's count of how many times you can do it. So ah, oh, very cool. And it, and I see here real quickly that the software is free, and uh, it does look like it's maintained well uh, as far as versioning and stuff like that. Um, the most yeah, you the may most- want to check BLC's website too if they've made a change about this DVD regioning. Yeah, but if VS- VLC doesn't help you, uh, you can go to MacUpdate.com. And search for Region X, and the most current version uh, is 1.6, and it looks like it's a free download. So that's an option for you as well. Very cool. I love it when we're able to help people. How about that? (laughs) All right, so I have a question here. This is from Troy Price. He says, um, he goes, here's a question for Help I Got a Mac. Hope this finds you guys well. Here's my questions. Due to my innate stealthfulness, I have discovered that my wife is getting me an eight gigabyte iPod touch for Christmas. I have Ooh, two nice. I have two questions. First, is eight gigs enough space to hold up to hold the new applications and all the GSPN plus podcasts and about five other podcasts I listen to during the week? My second question is, since you are both married, do you best act surprise on Christmas morning when you even already know basically what you're getting? So, first of all, before we answer the technical question, I will <laughs> let's point let's answer let's answer the moral question. Yeah, let let's well let's turn to Emily Biting, who happens to be in our chat room. So, Emily, let's just do a hypothetical here. Let's just say Chris happens to know exactly what you purchased for him for Christmas through his innate uh, <laughs> sense of stealthfulness. Now, would you prefer that your husband kind of lie to you in essence and act surprised, or would you like for him to share with you that eh, he kind of knew he's ex- very excited and very appreciative, but would but and and then share with you how he found out? So now, while we wait for her answer, let's just put let's just throw it out there that I am the worst liar on the planet. <laughs> I cannot lie to save my life. All right. And I don't know. She may be away from the desk. Oh, no. Is she away from the desk? Oh, Oh, there she is. There she goes. She's back. She says K. Um, So hopefully she heard our our question. And she'll be responding shortly. And uh, anybody else that wants to chime in in the chat room, feel feel right ahead. Feel feel right (laughs) ahead. Feel right ahead. Feel free to go right ahead. Well, let's see. Okay, so here we go. Emily Biting. Well, knowing Chris, hmm, okay, we're waiting. He would know and couldn't wait to tell me that he knows. <laughs> I can't keep a secret either. Kylie, Kylie in the chat room, she says she votes for a surprise. I hate surprises. I, I'm, I'm not a big surprise person myself. I like, like I know she's got me some stuff like for Christmas and and I don't know if she's got anything for my birthday yet, but apparently she says I'll like it, so it 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 uh, it's driving me nuts now. But that's okay. Well, I I would say let's see let's see here. Okay, so that, <laughs> basically what I would say is that uh, Troy, my my opinion after twelve years of being married is that you act surprised. But eventually give it away that you snuck and found some way to find out what it is that you here's, she got you. You need to own up to it. Here's what I say. Act surprised and say, I had a feeling I was going to get this. There you go. That way you're not really lying. You had a feeling by finding out. But <laughs> <laughs> I say own up to it. I, you know, the, and, and that way. <laughs> You know, let her know that she kind of dropped the ball on 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 being stealthy, stealthy herself and and let her know that, you know, how you found out. And that way, if she wants to keep a secret from you the next time, she'll know not to make that mistake again. All right. Sure. 
So anyway, now as far as is eight gig enough, I'm going to say yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I remember my very first iPod was a 30 gigabyte video iPod, fifth gen. That's how, I mean, I, 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 I did not own an iPod prior to that, those shiny black ones that came out. Yeah. Well, the, I've got the, uh, I've got the limited edition four gig, uh, classic iPhone and you're getting by, right? Yeah. I've got about uh, 1.2 gigs worth of applications or so. Mm-hmm. I so yeah, I'm I'm fine. I have my iPhone here by me. I started out with I, I went from a let's see, I went from a thirty gig video iPod down to a four gig iPhone. And that was a huge adjustment for me because I used to carry my entire music library and all of my podcasts and, and some video here and there uh on my iPod with me and it went with me everywhere I went. Now the thing yeah, is, the, the thing is though, is I never, ever listened to music other than one playlist, maybe two. Oh really? Yeah, I, I used to follow the place. See, I I was just you know always obviously for me, I have just been a podcast addict. I mean, I just listen to podcast after podcast after podcast, and as soon as I listen to them, I go in and I delete it and download the most recent ones, and I'm just listening to podcasts all the time. So I, I have very little time for music because uh, in, in, I enjoy listening to what's going on in other people's lives, what's going on in the world, and different various opinions and stuff like that. So I, I like listening to podcasts. So for me, what it, what it did is it just made me say, okay, I can't carry around my entire music collection anymore. So I had to get serious about, okay, what music do I want to have just in case I, I'm going to be in the mood, mood to listen to some music. And so I created right. about four playlists that I do sync over to my iPhone or, in your case, your iPod Touch. As far as applications are concerned, those things hardly take up any space at all. In fact, the biggest application I have, I think, is like 30 or 40 megabytes, and it's the entire Bible. Uh, so it's the largest application I have, and I just wanted to have a version of the Bible where the entire thing was there regardless of whether or not I had an internet connection or not. So outside of that, most of my applications are just, you know, a couple hundred K at most. And yeah, I think my biggest app is 80 meg. And what is that one? Uh, it's some kind of beat creator where you can make like beats and stuff like that. Oh, okay, cool. So it's got a lot of samples. In it, so, right. So basically uh, these, these applications are not even going to take up as much as maybe even a gig of your, your eight gigs. It may be if you get crazy and you just download tons of these things, uh, you might get to 1.5 gigs. I, I just don't see you going well beyond that. And as far as podcasts are concerned, podcasts are not that huge. And uh, I think you'll, ha- you'll, I know for a fact you'll have plenty of room for every one of our, um, like the four or five most recent of all of the gspn.tv content podcasts that are out there. Plus you'll have plenty of room for others. And you'll still have another three or four gigs or maybe even five gigs uh, available for, you know, various videos uh, and as well as all your music that you want to sync over to your phone. So or your iPod touch, you're going to be completely fine with eight gigs. Yeah. Now, on the flip side, if you if you got the iPhone and you got an eight gig iPhone, you could also listen to streaming audio, you know, like Pandora or AOL radio through 3G network, which is pretty cool, too. Well, or you could still do that on your iPod Touch as long as you have a Wi-Fi connection as well. Ah, good point. Very good. Good point. Yep. So uh, you're going to love it. I will tell you, regardless of whether or not you act surprised, or the thing is the glow on your face will make your wife so happy that she bought it for you that uh, it's just going to be totally awesome. And don't forget oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, he's still getting an iPod Touch. I mean, even if you knew, I would still have a, a smile on my face if I was opening up a brand new iPod touch or iPhone or whatever, you know? Absolutely. Now, if I, if my, if I, between you and me, Chris, and, and we know nobody else is listening right now. So just between me and you, I would say if I had an iPod touch, there's no question about jailbreaking that thing. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, absolutely. iPhone, you know, it's like, ah man, if I do something or if they, uh, something happens and it's it's like, I'm, I'm losing my phone. I'm living on the edge. I still jailbreak it. I, I, I don't know, care. I know you do. But for me, for, <laughs> for me, I even jailbroke mine. But the thing is, is dude, if I go three, four, five hours without my 
iPhone during the day. I mean, that's my that's my main source of communication with my business. Yeah. So so that, that makes that's huge for me. But if I had an iPod Touch, I mean, I'm, I'm I mean, the worst case scenario, it takes me two days to find a fix for this total hose job that I did on my phone. Uh, you know, the, I, it, it's it's a it's a no brainer. I'd be jailbreaking that baby. And there's a, there's some fun stuff you can do out there that you can't do otherwise. So you know that's that. But I'll tell you what, you're gonna have so much to do with all the approved native applications that you can access. You're not even gonna get bored with all of that stuff until probably at least six seven months down the road. Yep. So. Anyway, have fun and enjoy it. And don't forget the gspn.tv application. Application. Which is both available in the Jailbroken community and finally in the iTunes App Store. I saw that. (laughs) I saw that the other day when I was going through my Jailbroken stuff. I'm like, oh, hey, there's the GSPN app. Yep. Very cool. Sweet. So anyway, uh, oh, more stuff over here. Let me uh, just check this out. Oh, look at this. We're already up 40 minutes. Isn't that sweet? All right, so here we go. This is from Chris Oatley, and he says, I was wondering if you would mind answering a question uh, on whichever show you think is more appropriate. I will not be, let's see, I will not be buying an iPhone anytime soon, but I have been thinking about getting an iPod Touch. I was consulting the Griffin site, Griffin Technology, and noticed that the the app is compatible with the new iPod Touch. And he's talking about iTalk, the application that I I shared that I love so much that it had, but it had that audio glitch. By the way, before I finish reading his question, I want to let people know that I had been working hand in hand with um, Griffin Technologies and uh, Dave Delaney, who happens to work for their tech support or their at least customer relations and stuff. uh, He helped me work directly with tech support and they came out with version 1.03 and from everything i can tell so far it's got rid of the audio glitches so it's good to go i like them griffin guys they're pretty good griffin rocks and check this out they sent me one of these these things um what is this called i don't know i'm not watching the video okay it's called an air curve a griffin air curve so basically what i'm going to do here real quickly is i'm going to pull out my iphone and i am going to do something I'm going to open up my iPod and I'm going to go to my playlist and let's pull up a Jars of Clay song here. And and, and, and while you're doing it, I'm just going to say that the good folks at GriffinTechnology.com are offering a lot of discounts right now on a lot of their stuff uh, until the end of the night tonight. So, you know, if you want to get the, I don't know, Antenna Boost or something like that, you know, you can get that at the iTrip. Right. So, so of course, that's for the people who are listening live. But anyway, here, here is my iPhone right here, and it's got the external speaker. And check this out. You can hear it here. Right? So yep. now, now I'm going to plug this into the curve, or to the, what is it called? Yeah, the air curve. Here we go. This, this is without it. That's with it. This is without that's with. Holy cow, what's it doing? Okay, so basically, there is no electric required. There are no speakers involved. And it is just using this specially designed uh, way of, of this. It's, it's basically the design of the curves and the acousticness of, of the way that they have this thing developed in, inside. And so what it does is it basically gives you a 10, uh, what is it, a 10 dB amplification of your audio. And so, what? yeah, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. Check this out. Now this, this is it sitting. I don't see this product on their website. Is it new? Uh, it's called the, it's called the air curve. Now here it is. This is me holding my iPhone and all I'm going to do is I'm going to stick it down into the dock. That's all that's over there on my desk. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's voodoo. So basically, what's really cool is it requires absolutely no battery whatsoever. And it works both with the original iPhone and the iPhone 3G. And I'm hearing a lot of people are using this for, uh, you know, as their alarm clock in the morning. And, and they black, say, black magic, Cliff. I'll tell you, it's something. 
But anyway, they sent it to me as a gift for all the work that I did in in helping them to test out their software and answering bunches, tons of questions. But I think you can pick it up on their site. It's only like twenty bucks. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, GriffinTechnology.com/slash/products/slash/aircurve. That's a really nice looking piece of uh, plastic too, man. Yeah, it it, it is really Pretty nice. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna take this up and set it next to my bed and. And uh, set you know when I'm ready to fall asleep at night, I'm going to set my alarm and put it in there and and wake up to some really cool music. That's pretty sweet. Although, I, can, I like that. can you wake up to? You can't wake up to music on the iPhone yet, can you? I think it's just you choose the ringer noises, oh, so you hear like. Meh, meh, meh. What's up with that, by the way? Is is this or is this not the only iPod that can't wake to a playlist? Uh, I guess I don't know. I, or I'm assuming so. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think I read somewhere that you know the very first iPod or something like that came with the functionality where you could tell it to wake to a playlist when the alarm goes off. So that's that's kind of crazy. But anyway, a special thank you to Dave and the folks over at Griffin Technology. I'm so glad to, to you know here I was so excited about that iTalk application where I could record. Uh, podcasting throughout the day and then there was these audio glitches and I'm like oh man and so they it appears that with version 1.03 so far I haven't found any glitches so I'll keep you guys updated and of course I'm going to keep them updated they're they're really awesome and they respond very well to to the people who are using their products and services so very cool to them over there Anyway, back to Chris's question. He says I was uh, he says I was consulting the Griffin site and I noticed that the iTalk application is compatible with the new iPod Touch. It says if you use a ser- the, the inc- you know the set set of the special earbuds that have the microphone included in them. He says, yeah. "What the heck is that all about? How does that work? Is there any way that you can use a better mic than those earbuds?" And the the answer is, of course, the earbuds. I don't think he notice knows this about the earbuds by reading his question. Uh, but the earbuds actually are the same earbuds that they use on the iPhone, which basically have in the the right earbud about halfway down. They have a little microphone, and that's a, actually a very good quality microphone considering the low for what it is yeah for the low profile now it's not as good as the internal microphone built into the iphone 3g but it's still extremely uh extremely sensitive it'll pick up everything it's going to work very well for you the only problem i have uh with using that iphone um i'm sorry the earbuds microphone using like for recording i into the iTalk program is that if you're outside it does not shield the wind very well so it's out there and the the wind noise up against it uh kind of makes things a little bit less than uh, it's it's definitely not going to give you the quality that you want but as far as using your ipod touch and the iTalk application and those earbuds with the mic dongle hanging out there, uh, you basically are going to be, if you're inside, it's going to give you a great sound. And it's going to be perfect for recording little bits and pieces here and there. And, I've, and if anybody wants to find out what it sounds like, if you're a Plus member, which you are because you're listening to this podcast, um, then basically just go listen to Stephanie Unplugged, which is a uh, daily audio journal of Stephanie Ravenscraft, my beautiful wife. And also you can check out a lot of the episodes of My Crazy Life are recorded with it. So it is very cool. All righty. So that answers his question. And I think we have a voicemail here that came in uh, about two weeks ago. So let's see what this voicemail is. Here it hey, goes. Cliff. It's Maury uh, calling from Well Plus member Maury from Fountain Valley, California. Hey, just wanted to give you a little bit of uh, testimony on your um, GSPN iPhone app. I'm actually using it for the very first time on an iTouch or a Touch. People criticize me when I call it an iTouch. It's an iPod Touch. So I'm working a 12-hour shift. I work in law enforcement. I'm sitting in my car. I'm closing in the end of my shift. I have no connection to a computer, so I'm sitting in my car. I have a strong free Wi-Fi access to the place I'm serving right now. And uh, so I pull up the application, and I see that you put out uh, My Crazy Life, number 331, which I read on your Twitter, and I wanted to listen to it. And uh, and here I am. I said, hey, I'm going to try this application. Boy, it'll work beautiful. Fired right up, 
And um, once again, I just wanted to say thank you for the time invested and the frustration that you had endure with Apple and getting this thing done. But, man, what a blessing this thing is. I don't have to be tethered any longer. Yay! It's my computer. But uh, in listening to My Crazy Life number 331, I appreciate your honesty and your feelings that uh, it's not always upper and chipper and beat because sometimes walking the faith means... uh, you're just like everybody else. You have frustrations and anxieties, but... Okay, so anyway, the rest of his call is regarding in my a previous episode of My Crazy Life where I uh, shared a bunch of other things uh, that was, you know, the ups and downs of life. So if you want to check out what goes on behind the scenes of, of all these productions that we do, you can check out the Almost Daily uh, the, the almost daily Journal of My Life, which is called My Crazy Life. And you and you can actually get a bunch of the episodes for free, like, uh, I don't know, 200 or more of them. Our episodes are available for free. Just go to, uh, what is it called? MyCrazyLifePodcast.com, I think. Let me just check real quick. MyCrazyLifePodcast.com. Yep, that'll take you right there to the most recent episodes that are available for free. Anyway, so somebody else is liking the uh, GSPN.TV application. Which is cool. Yes, Chris. Do you have anything else, man? I think I think we've, we've uh, some someone by the name of the cool dude is wanting to call in. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, we will go ahead and wrap up this show. And uh, the cool dude, there is the phone number that is there. It looks like you've got it in the chat room. If you wouldn't mind, just go ahead and leave a voicemail. Chris, why don't you tell folks who are listening to the podcast what that phone number is? That's the feedback number. Yes. If you call out, leave a voicemail, we'll play your voicemail on the air and uh, and answer it for you. I was actually asking you to tell them what the number is. Oh, That's oh okay. what the actual number is. It's <laughs> 859-795-4067. That's absolutely correct. And so you can call that 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And uh, we would love to play your comments, questions, everything else right here in the Help I Got a Mac podcast. For everybody out there, we do record this Monday evenings, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and we invite you to come join us at gspn.tv slash live, where we have a live chat room as well. And until next week, um, have a lot of fun uh, and enjoy the beginning of what I guess now is the Christmas season. And I am going to find my music here. Chris and I have been winging it in this episode. Chris not feeling too good, and I am just trying to get back into a routine after a four-day long, enjoyable vacation. Off the grid. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. I'm sure we'll be back to our normal selves next week. So uh, until then, join the community.